want to get into the word. I'm going to look here at Luke uh, 10 and 20. Luke 10 and 20. It says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names stand written in heaven. That your names stand written in heaven. And tonight's thought, briefly, is a reason to rejoice. If you could just pray with me, Lord, we thank you for the presence that's already here, God. You're good and your presence, Lord God, we need it every day and every in every way, Jesus to lead us, to guide us. And I pray for our pastor, his family, everyone in this congregation, Lord God, everyone in your body, Lord God, the body of Christ throughout this nation and world, God, help us to rise up, Lord God, at this time. In Jesus' name, and to speak your truth. But I thank you for a reason to rejoice, God. I thank you for giving us a reason, God, that we can rejoice when the rest of the world, God, is, is, is struggling, God. We have you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, I pray, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. just want to remind everyone, too, to um, try to start making plans for Sunday night, August the 22nd. We are having the one service, which we're already one service a lot with Grace Point, but now we are also going to have Calvary as part of that service. And the speaker is David K. Bernard. He has many titles and has had many titles, pastor, bishop, general superintendent. But most of all, and most importantly, I know that he will bring a profound word to the one service. I believe I've seen him three or four times, and each time has been powerful. And in that moment, um, speaking of the situation, whether it was because of the Times or General Conference or most recently Ohio District Conference, he brought a word that was meaningful for that time and for that place. I'm thankful for being able to watch all kinds of preaching. If the Internet and YouTube is good for anything, it's the fact that we can watch a lot of preaching now that uh, wasn't always available before. But there's something to it when you're actually there. There's something to it when you're actually there and that person has come to that service at that time and been anointed for that service at that time that God will speak and move and give direction. So I'm confident that this year's one service, God will speak to you. So plan to be there 6 o'clock. Sunday night, August 22nd at uh, Grace Point Church. Amen? And, and before I get started, I do want to share something that God has just really put on my heart recently. And uh, I can't get away from it, so I'm going to go ahead and just share it. And that's that uh, we, his people, are leaving too many victories behind at church services leaving too many victories behind at altars and, and, and just going after the service, coming and going church as usual when God is anointing his people for this last day, this last time. And if you don't believe that we are, are in the end time, if you say, I've heard that all my life, then I pray for you that God awakens your spirit. Because if you don't feel the pressure of Antichrist in this world, you're spiritually sleeping, and I pray 
that God wake you up. But what he's put on my heart is there are too many victories being left behind at altars. Whether it's our, our, our leadership pastor of all preaching about the strong man. Or last Wednesday, do everything Brother James Galez preaching. Or two weeks before that, do everything Mark Purdy preaching. Or Pastor Sizemore, or Pastor Urshan who recently preached what I believe is one of his signature messages in binding up the brokenhearted. I mean, every message is awesome and profound, but that one, I believe, is for the healing of nations. But the thing is, so often we come and we get a little bit and then we just leave. Some haven't been to the altar in years. And it's not just about an altar call after a service. It's about men's prayer, ladies' prayer, whatever it may be. But we're leaving victories behind. And if we're in service, and this past week, praise God, was an awesome Arbo de Vida celebration. And thanks to all of those and the word that was delivered. But even on a week like that where we have three services, we have Sunday morning, we have Wednesday night. I don't know, at best, maybe I'm in church and worshiping 10, 12 hours. And a week is, what, roughly 168 hours. So in that 10 to 12 hours, how much am I actually giving God? How much am I actually worshiping, praising, and getting a victory? I'm not saying that every altar call you're going to come up and you're going to get a miracle or a healing or you're going to go home and and everything is going to be changed and different. But God can make it easier. He may give you enough of a victory to go home and stand up against whatever it is where maybe the situation doesn't completely change. But you've been empowered. And if we walk out of here just like, well, it wasn't the word that I was looking for. They didn't do the song that I was waiting for. God didn't say exactly what I was. Then you're missing something. Because I can tell you every person that steps behind the altar has been given a word from God. And God is speaking to you. And you can come up or you can lay hands on someone next to you or behind you or whatever it may be. And it could be all the difference. It could be just you imparting into them. It could be you standing in the gap for them that will change your circumstances. So I just encourage you, church, as, as we see this world unraveling, don't leave without a victory. Don't leave unchanged. Every service, because whatever you're waking up to, whatever you're going home to, and I pray Your prayer closets are active and they're full. I pray that your Bibles are not dusty. But the truth of the matter is, you may not even know what entertainment is going on in your home. It could be a child. It could be a spouse. And all I can think of is Zechariah and Luke when the angel appeared before him. He was at an altar. He was in the Holy of Holies. And I know that angels are surrounding us. I know that they're with us. But I also know that our homes are full of things that are pushing back and and keeping God and his angels from being as active as possible. We are in a spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And if you're not doing everything you can, and I plead with you tonight, not for me, but for your home, for your family, don't leave a victory behind. Let the Lord speak to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.
But I look at, I look at this story, and, and I'm thankful for a reason to rejoice. Because I don't know about you, but the world is, does not seem to be rejoicing right now. And, and as we see conflict abounding, it's basically coming down to this. And, and Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. But we're starting to see it's Antichrist or it's Christ. I don't need to go through the abundant of, of conspiracy theories and whether they're true or not. It doesn't really matter to me. I believe the Bible. I believe Revelation. I believe the book of Daniel. I know what's coming. And I see what's happening all around us. And, and I look at this story and, and, and it just stood out to me. And it's so powerful how... That's what Jesus focused on when, he, when we go back and we look at verse 17. And really the backstory of this is the 72 were sent out to go before Christ and to minister. And, and at one point he says, and it's just like today, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But he sends them out to, to work and they come back with this amazing report. And actually, if we go back to 17, it says, Then the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and the full force of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names stand written in heaven. My God, that your name stands written in heaven. And when I think about that, I, I just think I could see them. I could see them coming back excited. And, you know, people are the same now as they were then. And I could just think about us being sent out and going somewhere to perform this work and, and going in and seeing all these miracles happening. And, and that's what's exciting me. That's what's exciting us. And getting our phones out and our selfies at this service where we just saw healing. And saying, look at this great work. Go ahead and subscribe to my channel. Go to my story and see Louis' testimony. How we just, say, we just laid hands on him and healed him. And, and, and they came back, and that's what they were excited about. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what's important. And I don't know their intent. Just like I don't know anybody else's intent today that would post something and say, look at how powerful this service was that I preached or this Bible study that I went to and laid hands on. I don't know what the intent of somebody that does that is. No more than I knew their intent when they came back. Was it partially just exciting because that's what they had done and accomplished? And a little bit of pride was puffing up. I have no idea. Or was it just the fact that God had moved and done a, a miraculous thing? I don't know. But I know Jesus knew their intent. And I know Jesus knows our intent. And I know that everything we do in his name, he knows the intent behind it. And if I'm celebrating, he knows and understands. But the important thing that he was saying is don't celebrate that. That's not what, what's important. What's important is your name is written in heaven. It also helps me to understand that everything that I do, it's not about my works. It's not about what I'm doing. What's important is that my name is written in heaven. What's important is my family's name is written in heaven. 
And, and he's teaching them and saying, look, again, it's not about your works. And I talked recently about works. And don't misunderstand anything I'm saying um, because there's a lot of teaching out there about grace and it covering everything or mercy and, and, and a lot of these teachings that are going around. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We have a work to do. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. And it's even more so for the person that he has called to do his work. So it's not about my work. It's about his work. It's about me aligning myself with Christ. It's about me being submitted to him. Submit yourself and the devil will flee. So it's not about what work we're doing, but we are doing his work. The fact that everything that we do each day is his work. And, and I'm not doing it. And it's not me that's doing it. He did it. He died on the cross. The, the veil was torn. I didn't do that. But what I can do is align myself and submit myself with him. And then my work will take place. Then my works will get me there. But he did it on the cross. The salvation is all his. So the idea and the notion that grace just covers everything is a scary place for some people to go. Because am I then going to just dismiss the still small voice of conviction that comes over me? Am I then going to just dismiss the work that he is calling me to do? Or am I going to say, no, there's a lot of work to be done. The harvest is plentiful. In Jesus' name, and it's not my work, God. And, and it's your grace that's covering me. But I'm submitted in you, Jesus. And I'm thankful for you. So I'm going to stay in that. But I, I just see that's the reason to rejoice because the world is not doing that right now. The world is not. The world is angry. It's bitter. It's fighting. And, and again, I don't really care about the conspiracy theories. What I know is my eternal salvation is what matters. What I know is my name being written in heaven is what matters. And that's what I have to live for each and every day. And when the world wakes up tomorrow... They're going to be angry right, right away and, and going at life in a much different way than we should be going at life. I should be going at life with this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. And starting my day just giving him thanks and saying, Lord, you woke me up this morning. Hallelujah, you gave me good health today. Again, I'm not going to leave any victories behind. That doesn't even mean when I'm coming to church. It's when I wake up each morning, I want to say, Lord God, you've given me victory over this world right now. My name is written in heaven. That's why it's so important that I continue to live my life and do the work that I need to do to keep my name written in heaven. That's not what the world is doing. And again, if you can't feel that, you need to wake up spiritually because it's at odds. The world is at odds right now with everything in this book, everything in this word. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's of the world right now, it is against this book. Politics, media, it doesn't matter what it is. School, um, education system, um, Hollywood, everything that is out there, there is nothing out there. If it's not of Christ, it's antichrist. If it's not for him, it's against him. That is the absolute word. And that's what I have to wake up each day and cover and protect myself and my family from. 
Because whatever your position is in your home or your household, you're responsible for something. Men, men of valor, strong men, stand up for your family. Be strong for your wife or your children. If you're a single mother, be strong for your children. If you're a child and your parents aren't serving God, be strong. you got to be strong right now at this time. Because the world, Antichrist is not slowing down. It's not letting up. It's coming every day and the pressure is greater and greater. And that's why I know I've got a reason I can rejoice. Because I know the closer we get to that, the closer, the, the angrier and the stronger Antichrist comes at me, the more I know Christ is just that much closer to coming. The more I know that the kingdom of heaven is near. And I'm not waiting for a tribulation. I'm not waiting for a sign. I'm not waiting for something to post-trib, pre-trib, or any of that stuff. The kingdom is here right now. When the veil was torn and you got filled with the Holy Ghost, the kingdom came inside of you right then and there. It gave you victory. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So when you wake up each morning, you can wake up and know, no, great, greater is he that's inside of me than he that is in this world. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. It really doesn't matter. It's already, it's already out. Jezebel tried it. Herod tried it. Pilate tried it. Caesar tried it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. Trump, Biden, Obama. It doesn't really matter to me. Putin, name them. If they're not for Christ, they're against Christ. And I'm just a stranger passing through. So I'm not getting caught up into the politics of what's going on in this world or in this nation, quite frankly. I'm just passing through. I'm just an ambassador passing through. You want to know, well, where does the church stand on this? Where does the church stand on that? All these political issues that are filling our minds every day. And this nation every day as it's torn apart. I'm not going to speak for our pastor, Tree of Life, or the church as a whole. I'm going to speak for me. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And all I really care about is being free from this world. And I know that I am. And if you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, you are free from the bondages that this world is putting on right now. Because right now, the government overreaches in this nation and throughout the world. It's nothing but Antichrist. Don't be, don't be misled. It's nothing but Antichrist, but that's okay. Because I know how it ends. I know how the story ends. And I have a reason to rejoice. You have a reason to rejoice. If your name is written in heaven, you have a reason to rejoice. My God. My God. You have a reason to rejoice. And that's what really what the world is seeking the world doesn't exactly know it, but that's exactly what it's seeking because it is trying to fill it. And, and, and there's good people with an R next to their name or a D next to their name. It doesn't really matter to me. There's good people in every other nation that may think they're doing the right thing. There's a lot of people being used by Antichrist that have no idea that they're being used by Antichrist. That's why you have to be getting your victories every day, every service. So you can recognize, if the most elect could be deceived, they would. 
Don't be deceived, church, at this end time. Just know what matters. And the world is crying out for exactly that, a reason to rejoice. They're crying out for their name to be written in heaven, but yet they don't know it. Like I said, every worldly system is antichrist. It doesn't matter if sports, things that we used to think might have been innocent. A lot of wives probably don't think sports are very innocent. But a lot of men used to just watch them. Now you can't watch anything without some kind of agenda. Disney is pushing an alternative lifestyle program and their movies now. I would debate that they've always been questionable, but that's okay. (laughs) The world is looking for it, but they just don't know. They've been deceived. And I just want to look at a few moments in the Word where... Joy was being spread. In Acts 8, 4 through 8, it says, Philip preaches in Samaria. And it says, Now those who had been forced to scatter went around proclaiming the good news of the word. Philip went down to the main city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds were paying attention. They were paying attention with one mind to what Philip said as they heard and saw the miraculous signs he was performing. Again, that's not what we celebrate, though. For unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, were coming out of many who were possessed, and many paralyzed and lame people were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Does that sound familiar? But again, he wasn't going to, well, he wasn't supposed to celebrate the fact that he was a part of performing all those miracles, which is great. He was bringing joy to those places. But the fact is, his name was written in heaven. And what he was sharing, the good news, the joy, is what they needed, that joy, so their name would be written in heaven. We've got a job to do. We do have a work to do. It's to spread this joy. It's to wake up each morning and say, you know what, I don't know what financial needs I'm facing. I don't know what my doctor visit is going to be like today. I don't know what this week's going to hold, this situation that is over, uh, that is bearing down on me. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to say, I have a reason to rejoice, God. My name is written in heaven. And how, God, how can I spread that joy? Because all he cares about is eternity. People ask all the time, you've probably been asked the question, why does God let this happen or these bad things or this bad thing happen? And I say so many times, God's priority, the only thing God ultimately cares about is your eternal soul. Your name being written in heaven is what he cares about. And if he has to put you through some things to get your name written in heaven, he's going to put you through some things. And believe it or not, he may be putting you through something so that you can reach somebody. So they can have their name written in heaven. This is temporal. This life is temporal. And he is looking at the eternal. And we are supposed to spread that joy. Thank you, Jesus. And then the Acts 13, 47 and 48. The world is going to come against you. But we know our name is written in heaven. You know that greater is he that's in me. Is he that's in the world. You know that. So when the world come against you, like in this, when the Jews were coming at Paul and Barnabas, it says, So Barnabas and Saul went out by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia. 
And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived in the Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Now they also had John as their assistant. When they had crossed over uh, the whole island as far as uh, Paphos, they found magicians, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was with the uh, proconsul. The proconsul summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician Elamus, for that is the way his name is translated, opposed them, trying to turn the proconsul away from faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at him and said, You are full of all deceit and all wrongdoing, you son of devils, you enemy of all righteousness. You will not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord. Now look, the hands of the Lord is against you, and you will be blind, unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, ministries and darkness came over him, and he went around asking people to lead him by the hand. Then when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed because he was greatly astounded at the teaching about the Lord. So whatever the world is going to throw at us and at you, just know that God is with you. God is going to deliver. God is wanting to let them know what, that their name be, needs to be written in heaven. And then in 47 and 48, it says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have appointed you to be a light for the Gentiles, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began to rejoice, praise the word of the Lord, and all who had been anointed for eternal life believed. My God, that's the call that we're supposed to do. Spread this joy, this great joy, and then wake up and rejoice. Have a reason to rejoice and know that your name is written in heaven and everything that we do in joy is also partnered with love. It's also partnered with love. I want to look at John 15. And I'm going to do a lot, of, uh, a lot of scripture tonight because I believe it's important to look at everything that we're doing needs to align with this word. To believe it, to stand on it, because everything, else, everything in this world, of this world, is coming against it. So I want to stand on the truth, God. I want to stand and wake up each day and say, Lord, this is your truth. But it says, and, and speaking of love and joy, how they're tied together. John, verse 15, says, I am the true vine, youth group. And my father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it may bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless 
it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out. My God, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be with you and your joy may be complete. Amen. My God, it's so important for us, church, to be united, to love one another. To, to, to bear fruit for one another. When someone is, is down and not bearing fruit, pour into them. Let them pull some fruit off of you. Praise God so they can start bearing fruit to this world. That is certainly not. It is certainly not doing that. In Jesus' name. And, and, and one final thought on love. And this is in the chapter of love. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6, it says... It is not glad about injustice, but rejoices in truth. Speaking of love, it is not glad with injustice. And I, I know that sometimes it looks like the world is prospering and the evil is prospering. But our love, our joy in knowing my name is written in heaven, our love for one another, for Christ, is what gets us through. And it says, but rejoices in, rejoices in the truth. We have to stay in the truth because the world is certainly being twisted and torn apart by Antichrist. But you are of Christ. Your name is written in heaven. And although the world is yelling, so many people are yelling, give us Barnabas, or I'm sorry, give us Barabbas. We're saying no. And, and we're going to go into those, those cities, into those highways, and into those byways and say, this is what you're looking for in the world. If the world is rejecting you, Jesus said to knock the dust off your shoes and move on. It's okay. At the end of the day, just know that you can rejoice that your name is written in heaven. We need to have some victories. In Jesus' name, if the musicians would come, I just want us to take a minute. Let's go ahead and stand and just lift our arms. Lift our hands to the Lord right now. Can you find some rejoice right now? Can you rejoice right now that your name is written in heaven? Can you claim a victory tonight? Can you go ahead and just rejoice? I think there's plenty of reason to rejoice when I know what you're going to walk out to. I know what you're going to wake up to tomorrow. It's certainly not going to be what you feel here. But I pray that your home is filled with rejoice. I pray that you wake up with rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And I pray that you can take that to wherever God has you going tomorrow. 
that you can say, you know what, I'm going to take this with me. I'm going to rejoice that my name is written in heaven. And Lord, I don't know what this person next to me at work or this person next to me at the store or this person next to me in the gas station is dealing with. And they're actually spewing a lot of hate right now. But my name is written in heaven. And they're crying out for it. Church, they're crying out for it. Can we take a minute tonight? My God, we've got some time. And just say, Lord, I rejoice. And Lord, if you give me the ability to perform miracles, my God, if I lay hands and see the sick healed, amen. And if I pray people through to the Holy Ghost, amen, praise God. And if you use me, God, to perform a miracle, God, amen. But my name is written in heaven, God, and keep me. God, and help me to share that joy that the world is not offering. I'm so thankful that we're able to come together like this. Because I don't know if, if, if it's promised to us tomorrow or next week. We're already seeing it happen. But for us to be able to freely come together and worship and praise, it's already happening where churches aren't allowed to meet. I don't know what tomorrow or next week holds. So I want to rejoice with my saints right now. Can you come forward and rejoice? Can you come forward and intercede for someone tonight? And take a moment to either take a victory for yourself or pray for a victory for somebody else that you know that needs it. Because victories are in his presence. Zacharias, the angel, showed up at the altar because he was at an altar. Because he was in God's presence. He was in the Holy of Holies. And we just need to take a minute tonight. Lay hands on someone. There are people hurting in this sanctuary that God is asking you to go lay hands on and pray for. It's time to start taking your victories. Don't ignore the, the unction that God is putting on you to go pray for someone or to come to an altar or to turn around at your pew and get down on your knees and to pray and ask God, Lord, tomorrow I got to deal with this. Can you help me right now? You may not change the situation, but you can give me the strength to stand up to it. Jesus, the church, if we can just focus our attention on God and Him speaking to our heart with that still small voice, you'll leave here tonight with a victory in Jesus' name. Someone's life. Restore 
joy in your heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have a reason to rejoice tonight. You are chosen and called by God. Rejoice tonight. Hallelujah. Find someone tonight. Lift them up. 